today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Let's get back to the Red Hill story. Uh, As we know now, the outrage is continuing uh, about a report that there was actually a report about safety conditions on the Red Hill uh, some time ago, and about five or six years ago this thing was done. It was never presented to city council, certainly not presented to the public, and, uh, well, we know what the fatalities and the number of collisions that have gone on there. Uh, There are some calls on social media right now suggesting that there needs to be some sort of an investigation into this. Now let me bring in uh, Ward 4 Councillor Sam Marula. Sam, I know it's a busy day for you. Thanks for jumping in on this today. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, how did you feel when you heard this? For I know it was a closed-door session, but uh, you have been very upfront about this. I mean, this you know, you, the, road, the road goes right down by your ward there. You've got a lot of calls. A lot of constituents have talked about this, uh, and, and you've been very opinionated about what could be happening and what needs to be done here. Did, did you feel betrayed when you found out that staff, somebody on staff had decided to bury this report? Uh, beyond betrayed, to be honest. We were all shocked and appalled by what occurred. As you know, we, at a time at the city, had a very a very uh, conflict-filled relationship with SMT and staff, and uh, we came a long ways from amalgamation, and the trust factor had increased to such a level um, that I would never remotely publicly question, or even privately for that matter, any of our engineers or professional staff. And because of the fact that um, they are professional and there are staff and they're there to be trusted, but I, want, I do want to start by saying, though, that the road itself is safe if it's used as prescribed. So I think that's an important question that I asked, and I received an answer accordingly. It's also important to recognize that because of the geometry of the road, the, the winding nature of it, and when you combine that with wet, a wet road and speed, that's when probability of collisions increase. So, as you probably recall, the geometry itself, the winding nature of it, was to protect the creek for environmental reasons, mm-hmm. which we all supported. The, so, had we made it a straight through and, and, and without realigning with and actually impacting the creek, that would have been something that environmentally, I don't think many people could have supported. So, we did accommodate all of those aspects quite thoroughly. So, I think it's important that we emphasize that Council, since 2013, has initiated nearly 10 initiatives, motions. Myself and Councillor Collins and Councillor Jackson um, worked, have worked diligently and to get those 10 reports. And everything from capital work to uh, in- inclusions uh, to um, safety uh, aspects, such as the, t- uh, the, the design of the road itself and and capital expenditures surrounding um, the illumination of the lanes, to photo radar initiatives that we're waiting for from the province, to a motion that we brought forward uh, last year to lower the speed limit to 80 kilometers. And we did all of this because we know that there's a direct correlation between uh, speed and the collisions, and that's what the police told us. So it's not as if um, this road, if used as prescribed, is unsafe. This road is unsafe, and the probability of it being unsafe increases only when it's not used as prescribed. So when you compare that to to the link, and you look at the standards, it's lower uh, in standard. And now an important thing that I want to emphasize today too, and I want to thank whoever shared this uh, on on social media, the public works meeting of December seventh, two thousand and fifteen. If people can go online to our eScribe and, and tune in to uh, one hour and 27 minutes and 30 seconds. 
What are they going to see? They're going to see questions asked of staff, particularly surrounding this asphalt issue and the answers we received. And the answer we received at the end of my questioning was that the asphalt not only met but exceeded provincial standards. And that was the answer. So, From which staff member? Gary Moore. Who was so, the engineer in charge at that time? That's correct. Okay, so that's that's on record. I mean, obviously, that's what we talked about on the show yesterday. That this is easy, hour, easily discoverable. Thirty seconds. It's, yeah. it's on record. It's there for everyone to listen to. And I asked him repeatedly, "Is there an issue?" Because we were dealing with perception versus what we believe to be fact, and that being our engineers, our professional engineers, saying there's no issue with the asphalt. Now, is the asphalt issue on its own as a variable? the one contributing factor to accidents? The answer to that is no. There are many variables to it. Is the road safe if used as prescribed? Yes. Is the road, does the road become unsafe if not used as prescribed? And the answer is yes. So all of these variables need to be account, into, taken into account. But the real betrayal is that because we've asked all these questions, because there were so many collisions, because we we asked the right questions but never received the right answers is really the betrayal in this entire process. Well, that's that's the point I wanted to make, and and, and I'm glad you that somebody's done the work on that, and I'm glad you pointed that out about where they can actually see this, and I'm sure that, that uh, your staff are going to look into this as well, Sam. But the, the question I would have then, at that day when you were questioning Mr. Moore about the quality of the asphalt, did he have this report? Had he seen this report? What? Well, according to the timing, it would have, because this occurred, the meeting in which these questions occur, uh, happened was December 7th, 2015. Mm-hmm. The report uh, was, uh, we initiated the report to a motion to find out, to have a safe, safety review of the asphalt in 2013. I know, it was a hotly debated issue, I know that, there was a great discussion, and, and I remember talking with city staff, it might well have been Mr. Moore, if I recall, uh, was on this program and said there's a very same thing that he told you and at the council meeting, uh, which begs the question: Why would he say something like that to you if, in fact, he had a report that indicated otherwise? I can't answer that. Um, to be honest with you, all I can basically give you are the facts as we know them, as they can be proven through a documented sources, and you can go back to all of the motions that I brought forward, um, and the asphalt issue came up every single time because, and rightfully so, there was a perception which in essence wasn't the direct correlation to any of the collisions, but one variable that should have been expanded upon to definitively exclude it, which never occurred. And when we asked the questions about the asphalt, we were told that it met or surpassed MTO standards. So I asked directly, do these meet the same standards as the 400 series highways? And he says, yes, it not only meets the standard, it exceeds it. Which was incorrect information. And, exactly. and that's why you guys, I, I, I felt badly for you when I heard this story, because I figured you and, and other counselors have been talking about this, but you, you're only as good as the information you're given. Right. And, and these are the experts. You know, you know, the, you know, and that's where the trust factor comes in, right? And yeah. that's where, as you know, as you recall, I never trusted any staff when I first got here at Amalgamation. I think a number of us never did, and it, it was an ugly scenario. But over the, over, since then, we developed a, a very cohesive very consistent, predictable, and very trust-filled environment uh, with our staff. What has uh, this incident done to that trust level? Well, we have some really good people working with us, and uh, we've had really good people working with us. And 
I think what it does is that it, it, it really does beg the question, why is only one person able to, if they have indeed, allegedly, suppress something of this magnitude? Why isn't that ceased, that those studies ceased to the general manager uh, and others uh, in order that not one person signs off on it? Well, that's one of the questions, obviously, I know you'd like to see answered, and I and certainly would, one, Sam. Who had, who had eyes fix. on this report? Who saw this? Yeah, I mean, and that's what one issue we're going to fix, because my understanding is there's only one person that got it, and that's just unacceptable. When a report of that type of magnitude comes forward, not only from an expense standpoint, because we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, but just from an openness and transparency standpoint, that nobody can ever individually, unilaterally, decide that any information not be seen. Now, I think... That needs to be addressed first and foremost. That's a protocol issue, and I mean, this goes back into responsibilities of what staff should be doing right. uh, and their responsibility towards counsel, frankly. Exactly, and, and we're going to focus in on that, uh, and that's going to change. And we're also going to have, we, we're, we've already asked for an investigation. I know people, see, initially when I, when I was told I wanted to go with a public inquiry right away, um, as you know, um, we're, we're investigating through our own Auditor General, and, mm-hmm. we, and we've given this individual independent powers under the Municipal Act. Uh, if the report, and, and he was actually very open to the suggestion of a public inquiry as well. So I know people are, from a perceptual standpoint, are concerned about the perception of, of somebody that works for the city investigating. But again, it's only one step towards ultimately uh, having it, or deducing it down to a full and open and transparent process. Sam, let me ask you something, though. Hindsight's twenty twenty. We all know that. But and then getting down the road of speculative, I, I understand that as well. But if you had received that report back in that time when you were asking the, the, the department about the, these very questions, is there a possibility that council might have acted faster and maybe enacted some of these things that you oh, have done over no the doubt. last five years? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. The moment he, someone would have come and said, because that was the question, is it, a, is it to standard? And if it's not, let's fix it. And we would have moved that immediately. I would have moved it right away to get it done. Um, I'm probably even considered if, if they said if they said there was a direct correlation between the road and public safety. Firstly, my family travels on that road. I travel on that sure. road. Sure. The moment I heard about it, I would we would have acted on it. But there isn't. A, firstly, there isn't a direct correlation just on that one variable. But that that the exposure of that report should have led to another study to to ensure. Now, firstly, it was accurate based on the standards they were comparing it to, and secondly, to expand upon it to deduce it down that down to what needs to occur or what needs to happen to to make to meet the same standard as the link. One of the other things that that comes to mind here, and I know you talked about this extensively during the construction. Well, construction is just about everything. You've been responsible for a lot of capital projects. Is is the quality of the material? I mean, that which is what you were questioning, Mister Moore, about that day the, many years ago. Uh, about the quality of the material, not about the design of the road, not even about the speed limit, but the quality. And he assured you at that time that it was above-grade quality. This report that you guys finally had eyes on the other day says parts of it are not. So it, can, can you understand the frustration of the of the families of people who lost their lives in, in, in those accidents? And I'm, I'm not suggesting it was just because of the pavement, but now there, there's an awful lot of people, and I've talked to some of them over the last little while, that are thinking, soul. what if? Listen. That's where the betrayal, that's where the shock and awe of this entire process comes to play. I right? can understand that. And, and yes, 
Could, would we have done something different? Of course we would have. That report itself uh, made public would have put us in a position to, to ensure we took action. Um, but it never got to us at all. And, and that's the question. Why and how does it happen that only one person can actually control the flow of such important and vital information? And at what point did they make a determination that, they, that this was not for you guys to see? I, I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by that. Again, um, again that, that's, that's our angst, right? That, that's our frustration. That, that's, that's where everybody around the table had, uh, uh, like, literally our hearts dropped. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's a betrayal. I, I'm telling you right now. I, especially because I asked directly. It's not like, as if we didn't ask the questions and we were all simply uh, thinking um, for, informally that everything's fine because staff is telling us informally it's fine. No, we formally addressed it. We did our job as a legislative branch, and they failed at the bureaucratic branch, and unprecedentedly made an apology to us, and by extension, the community. That is unprecedented. I don't think you can find another example of it. Sam, you've asked staff to do reports over the many years you've been on council, uh, and you've been very pointed about, first of all, what you want them to, to investigate, and you've also been very pointed about how soon you like the report back. Uh, and, and, you know, with some flexibility, obviously. Uh, was there any anticipation back in those days that this report was forthcoming? See, we brought forward about, uh, which report are we referring to? The 2013 yeah, report? Yeah, that there? one. Yeah. No, we brought forward a motion um, saying we need a, a safety audit of the road. So what led to that, even prior to a number of the accidents that were fatal, we were getting anecdotal complaints about the fact that the road was slippery when wet type of scenario. So Collins and, uh, Council Collins and I brought forward an initiative um, to address that issue. And this was one piece of the review that we never saw. And that's, that's the question that's before us is why. Well, and uh, Mr. McKinnon told us it may be weeks uh, before you get those answers. I, that, that's... Uh not good enough for an awful lot of people that are wondering what's going on at this well, stage. Well, we have to, listen, we, we, ha- we have to do this thoroughly, not hastily. And at, at the end of the day, the number one priority at this point, the road's safe if it's used as prescribed. And people need to... Unless, it, get, unless it gets wet. No, no. If the road's safe, even when it's wet, if used as prescribed, the, it becomes a problem when the road is wet and people don't use the road as prescribed, meaning speed. The speed, the geometry, and the wetness in combination in that section where we decrease it to 80 is the concern. So if you're going 80 kilometers an hour and it's wet, it's fine. It, it, they've, I, I asked a question. They gave us the answer. Yes. If used as prescribed, now, not excluding any other variables like someone cutting you off or what have you, but for, with respect to the, the friction issues, the road is safe if used as prescribed, because otherwise we would have shut the road down. Exactly. Sam, I know you've got to run and chair a meeting in a couple of minutes. I really appreciate you jumping in and taking some time with us today. Appreciate the time. Thank you, sir. That's uh, Ward 4 Councillor Sam Marula. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.